A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Today we have a great malicious compliance story of showing someone what's in their pants. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, the only time I've ever heard of someone getting in trouble for doing more than required. Many years ago, I worked at a company that manufactured medical and scientific testing machines. Think shakers, small centrifuges, etc. I originally started there as a machinist until I hurt my knee at work. Eight years and five surgeries later and it's still not fixed. After my injury, I switched over to the assembly side because that was more accommodating for my new limitations. Long story short, I was very good at my job coming up with new ways to streamline several processes, new ways to assemble various things quicker than before, generally doing more work than my job description called for, and even having the temerity to prove the engineers wrong on multiple occasions. With everything I could do, I knew it would require the company to hire at least three people to replace me should I leave. It was announced one day that the assembly manager, AM, was leaving that job. Whether for another position within the company or the company altogether, I don't recall. And anyone who was interested could apply for it, with a promise that inside personnel would have the inside track over outside applicants. I put together my resume and went for it. The son-in-law of the company's owner was doing the interviews, which I aced. He went so far as to tell me that my resume was by far the most professional and complete he'd ever seen, but I didn't get the job. No hard feelings, I just went back to doing what I'd been doing. Well, as it turned out, they hired a friend of the owner's son-in-law as the new assembly manager. So much for that inside track, huh? It seemed to me, as well as my co-workers, that we weren't even at the same race course, but whatever. I could deal with it. I don't know what that guy's previous work experience was, but it became abundantly clear very early on that he was out of his depth. He had no clue why and how things were done the way they were, but he decided a couple of weeks after his hiring that he was going to change everything about the assembly area. One of the things he decided was that we were no longer allowed to exceed the number of machines assembled per day, nor were we permitted to skip over machines to get to others, regardless of the issue. Engineering issues, bad parts, wrong parts from the warehouse, etc. Some of those parts came from the machine shop side, but many from outside companies too. But we also weren't allowed to stand around waiting for new parts from the warehouse. We couldn't even get with the warehouse personnel to help find the parts we needed or help them get the parts into our assembly area. No more doing more became our mantra. Productivity and quality plummeted. Needless to say, none of the assembly team was happy in the slightest. I tried, I really did, but I have issues with not doing things to the best of my ability. I also have issues with not being able to fill my workday with work. You know, what I'm being paid for? I would be the absolute worst person to ask about quiet quitting. A few months into the new assembly manager's tenure, My station was at a standstill due to an engineering problem with a new variant of a machine that I could practically build blindfolded. I had four to five college-educated engineers crowding my station attempting to figure out a problem that arose only after the machine was fully assembled. 
which I explained exactly how it could be fixed with minimal effort, by the way, and I was correct, but that's a different story. While waiting for the engineers to come to the same conclusion as me, they did, eventually. I went to the warehouseman responsible for pulling the parts I needed to assemble and asked him to switch over to a different machine I was going to build. The assembly manager happened to wander over just then and asked what I was doing. I explained the situation with the engineers and that I was currently unable to work on those machines and rather than stand there and look lazy, I was trying to get a jump start on the other machines I needed to build that day. At no point did I get sarcastic, which is my normal mode of communication, or mean, nor was I flippant in any way whatsoever. I was merely trying to get some work done that we both knew needed to get done. He starts loudly berating me in front of the entire shop, both the assembly area and the machine shop, specifically saying, you're not allowed to do more than what I tell you to do, in the order I tell you to do it. I placated him as best as I could and went back to my work area, which was still overrun with engineers, and settled down for a long wait. Cue the malicious compliance, because I didn't work on another machine for the rest of the day. Not because I didn't want to, but because I was told I wasn't allowed. A couple of hours later, I was called into the assembly manager's office for a meeting. I was expecting another stern talking to, which I could handle. Being ex-military, I'd grown long accustomed to being chewed out by people who didn't know how to do the job I was doing. What I was not accustomed to was getting a write-up for trying to do my job, especially since the official reason was insubordination. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The assembly manager didn't even have the courage to do it himself. He foisted it off on my immediate supervisor, who wasn't involved in the prior situation, and had no idea what had happened earlier. I think he was busy putting out a different fire. When he asked what happened, that justified my first and only write-up in the two and a half years I'd worked for the company. When I explained it to my supervisor, all he could do was shake his head in disbelief. He was a good supervisor, at least when it came to getting the best out of most people, but he also wasn't really known for rocking the boat to stick up for his people. That said, when he tried to get me to sign it, I refused because I obviously disagreed. He said he understood, but he'd have to talk to assembly manager about it. That did not go well. I could hear the yelling half a building away despite the machinery running. Once again, I was called to assembly manager's office, but this time I was facing the assembly manager. 
He immediately started yelling at me again, but not just about the earlier incident. Now he wanted to know why I hadn't built the day's allotment of machines. I coolly reminded him that not only was there an engineering problem with the machines I was supposed to build, he told me not to work on any other machines and to do so was insubordination, as he so callously put in the write-up. Then he asked me if I was going to sign the write-up. Once again, I refused. I don't think it's right or fair to be reprimanded for doing my job. If you don't like it, he said through clenched teeth, find another job. I can find a thousand people who can do that job. I never said otherwise, jerk. I was fed up now and refused to tamp down my anger any longer. But you'll need at least three people to do everything I can do as easily and as well as I can. Good luck with that. I left him standing there, completely flustered. Went to my work area to gather my personal effects. Walked over to my supervisor. I informed him that I was going home and would like to use my accrued PTO and vacation time for the next two weeks. He told me it was no problem and as he was approving my request, I let him know that I was also giving my two-week notice and wouldn't be back. He shook my hand and wished me well in my future endeavors. I did the same and left. I got to leave on my terms and through my son who also worked there, as well as various friends I'd made while working there, I did learn that the company had to hire no less than five people to replace me and my expertise. I also got the last laugh because I'm pretty sure assembly manager got fired a couple of years later for various reasons, not least of which was the lagging productivity and his driving a mass exodus of the best personnel in the assembly area. Is anybody else sad and appalled to hear that they managed to stick around through nepotism for years? Like they managed to stick around for so long that their stink is probably permanently permeated in there. They gave them enough time to ensure that they stepped in, messed everything up, graffitied all over that place essentially. And only then, after years of having the new all-time low normal normalized, that's when they finally get rid of them. Our next story is relocate our office space, see how that works out for you. This one is a small victory but was super satisfying for me, so I wanted to share. I worked for a large international accounting firm with offices all over the country. Our boss, Karen, was well-liked until she became the boss. A smiling assassin type who only cared about her position and looking good in front of the higher-ups. All about the numbers, even if what we had to do to get to those numbers didn't make sense. So here's the story. My team, about 12, were primarily based in the London office, but once a week, per my contract and everyone else's, were required to work in a remote office ages from London. This place was miserable a building in the middle of nowhere, one tiny corner shop for snacks, next to a motorway. The closest place to eat was a 15-minute drive away. We all hated it, but hey-ho, it was only once a week. Anyway, when our boss got promoted, her sole life mission was to cut costs. Everything from stopping overtime to telling us we had no stationary budget for pens and had to take from other real team stores, to allowing only one meal on social drinks and making comments at the meal when someone chose theirs to be the more expensive option. For example, are you really choosing that? It's expensive. I'm not sure we're going to have enough budget. This is considering all the other teams went for large fancy dinners all the time, unlimited drinks, etc. 
At one point, she decided that the miserable location should be our primary office, and she wanted us all to go there four days a week instead of one. All but one of our team were living in London. This meant for me a two and a half hour journey one way instead of one hour. After a few months, this really took its toll. The assistant manager, a friend of mine, told me she said in passing to him that this office was less of a cost on our team budget than the London office. What a shock. I decided to speak to HR and see what my options are. Maybe get an exception? Well, turns out that we had a policy that anything over your normal travel hours to the closest office location to your home could be used as your working hours, aka the extra hour and a half each way could be considered working hours. So I could arrive at 10.30 instead of 9am and leave at 4 instead of 5.30. Also, if trains and things were delayed or cancelled, that would also be included in working hours. This happened often as this place was the middle of nowhere in frequent trains, so I would often arrive at 11.30. I forwarded the emails with HR to her and explained how I would be complying with this policy. She agreed, but tried in a meeting to tell me this was an exception for me and to not tell anyone else. Well, I told everyone else. And we all begun complying with the policy. This meant we spent less time in the office and productivity dwindled. She mentioned this a lot in meetings. I would often, respectfully, point out that it didn't make sense to force us to travel to this office and its effects. I was the main one speaking up about this. At some point, maybe a few months later, she told me I could go to five days in the London office, but again, this was a special arrangement for me and that she appreciated me and was making accommodations only for me. She also said she would tell everyone I had special circumstances that allowed me this arrangement and to keep our conversation confidential. I honestly think she just got fed up with me pointing out how our productivity is lower only because she made us travel there four days a week. Of course, I complied, but the team noticed I wasn't with them and let's just say it caused a bit of a riot. I didn't say anything, but they figured it out themselves. No special circumstances here. Slowly but surely, one after the other, my colleagues started joining me in London, getting their own special arrangements with her. At some point, the majority were in London. Eventually, it was just her and the only other local colleague at this office while we were in London. We all had a good chuckle about when she would cave. It took a good few weeks. Then we got the email that our permanent location going forward would be London, five days a week, and the one local employee to that terrible office would work from home and come in once a month. It may have happened anyway, but I'd like to think that me speaking to HR and finding that policy at least had a hand in getting us moved back to London. As for Karen, I could go on about so many stories with her, but I did eventually leave for other reasons directly related to her. Unfortunately, she's still in the same position at that company. I do, however, enjoy seeing her check my LinkedIn profile from time to time, and hopefully noticing that since I left, I've gone from a junior to the same position as her. I love that you can tell that she's checking in on you, trying to see that this person who got revenge, clearly they're going to stay low and suffocate as far as trying to move up the food chain, right? Nope. I actually wonder where she lives, because it leaves me wondering, is this just an easier commute for her? Like once she realized they're not really saving any money because everybody's working less hours, why continue to try to push it? This next story is, show me what's in your pants. Okay. 
This story was just told to me by my amazing Haitian grandma. She's not the greatest at speaking English, so some of this might have been a little lost in translation. We were listening to r slash and the topic of periods came up and how some people are low-key uneducated. I was telling her stories about how some girls weren't allowed to go to the bathroom by male teachers, even on their periods, and she told me this gym. She said that she was in the Dominican Republic for vacation and was shopping at a store. Now, she said she was bigger than she is now and that she was wearing a skirt. She was, of course, on her period and was wearing a pad. It apparently was poking out the front a little. The store clerk had told the woman to come to the front and had maybe noticed the bulge on my grandma. The interaction went something like this. The store clerk said, Hey, what are you hiding in your pants? Grandma said, Nothing. They said, Ma'am, I can see you smuggling something. I'm going to have to call security if you don't tell me right now. Grandma said, Okay, call them. The store clerk obliged and called security. They came shortly after and talked to my grandma. Security said, Ma'am, what are you hiding? She said, I already said I'm not hiding anything. They said, You're lying, show me. At this point, Grandma was getting fed up and just decided to follow his instructions. She pulled on her underwear and ripped that crap off and placed it on his hand, blood exposed and all. The man was apparently appalled and screamed, Ew, what the freak is that? and started screaming. Other customers had come and questioned why they would think she could smuggle something in a skirt. Grandma just paid for her crap and left like the boss she is. Well, I gotta admit, this is one of the most disgusting and also most effective malicious compliances I may have ever have heard. Alright, come on, hand it over. What are you hiding? Splat. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.